0: Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See eBayMotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen show. Do I start Dalvin Cook tonight?
1: off goes to Dalvin, and he is
2: loose. You're never gonna be upset by starting your stud. Dalvin. Get-
0: Rich Eisen show. Oh God, I hate fantasy football. Why do I play <laughs> And you it? have to win, right? Earlier on the show, ESPN NFL
3: analyst Ryan Clark coming up. Co-host of Peacock's Brother from Another,
0: Michael Smith from Dexter: New Blood, actor Clancy Brown, plus Minnesota Vikings running back Dalvin Cook. And now, it a it's Rich Eisen.
3: Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Week 14 began last night with the Steelers and the Vikings playing a game um, with so much at stake for two teams that uh, in this NFL season, longest regular season ever, don't you know, that in this season have still an opportunity to make a run. The Steelers don't forget Once upon a time, back in those 2005 Steeler days, right, where they beat the Seattle Seahawks in a Super Bowl, right? They were – look it up, Chris. I believe they were the sixth seed going in. They were one of those teams that went on the road, and they just kept winning and winning and winning. They went to Indianapolis at one time, and, you know, remember Bettis in the season where he was uh, getting ready to roll off into the sunset. Ball went up in the air, and Big Ben made one of the greatest tackles. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh. Just in, like
3: stuck his leg in In playoff history. Turned him inside out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Six, and, you know, then they made the Super Bowl against the Seattle team that had Sean Alexander in one of the best running games around behind Walter Jones and Hutch, two Hall
0: of Famers. You're right. Six seed, 11 and five. Yeah, year, man.
3: Yeah. And Heinz Ward throws a touchdown pass to Antoine Randall L., and the Steelers win it all. That was a year where Roethlisberger was one of those young pups, and Cowher was telling them, you know, screw it up. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. He was the game, he was game manager. Before he was Big Ben, writ large, he was game manager, Ben. Yep. Now here's Big Ben at the end of his run in Pittsburgh. And first half, he's washed up Big Ben. And second half, <laughs> he's Big Ben. Should have been the Super Bowl MVP against the Arizona Cardinals, Big Ben. Dude, he was making plays last night in the second half. And so was Deontay Johnson. And so was Chase Claypool before you made an ill advised first down signal. Uh, and then, you know, I guess that last drive, uh, for the Steelers is their season. And certainly they're not maybe, um, perfectly encapsulized, right? Is that the, uh, Vikings down the ball inside the five yard line and, um, and the, uh, uh, Steelers still have a two-minute warning in their back pocket, and they snapped the ball around midfield right before the two-minute warning. They got right there because Claypool made an incredible catch on the yep. sideline that also included a pass interference penalty that stops the clock, even though he kind of rolled out of bounds. So it took them 13 seconds to go half of the field, and then it took them 90 seconds to go 10 more yards as Ben was kind of dinking and dunking. And finally, one of them got out of bounds, and there was one last shot to the end zone, and
0: Ben threw a perfect football.
2: I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I've mean,
0: i said so much crap about Ben this year, but that was a yeah. perfect Good. football. He a threw a dime. few
3: dimes last night. The ball and got through really two big. defenders right into the hands of his tight end and Pat Friermuth, Great but bad. Harrison Smith made an equally as terrific defensive play to knock it loose. And now the Steelers are six-six and one, and I'm still not giving up on them. The schedule looks terrible, and I know a show like this one, I should throw them under the bus and say Claypool is a moron and Coll- and, Coll- and and you know and Tomlin's forgotten how to coach. Not here, not here, not when you're six-six and one and you got three teams sitting in front of you at seven and five. Can't do that yet. It doesn't look good because the Titans are coming in next and then they've got to play Kansas City and the Browns and the Ravens. That's a problem. And you've already been swept by the Bengals and you've already lost to the Chargers who are right there in front of you, but you have beaten the Bills and you do have that one tie that kind of negates all the tiebreakers. Anyway, you just got to be better than everyone else the rest of the way. And that's a dicey proposition. And, you know, for the sake of Steelers fans who adore Big Ben and think the world of him and have really enjoyed his performance and will um, always look back fondly on his years in Pittsburgh, I hope for your sake he finishes up strong, makes the playoffs so he can at least play one last postseason game for you because this is the end of the road. You could see it. You could feel it. There's no way that 2022 they're going to run this back and he suddenly finds the fountain of youth and and they're going to be back like the Steelers before. And I I will proffer those same Steelers fans, if you sit there and you're hoping that Aaron Rodgers is going to despise the Packers by by the end of this season so much that he wants to go and uproot everything and finish his season – his his years his last three four years of viability for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization I I would say you probably have another thing coming.
0: So I don't you think, think he's Rogers doing that. Rodgers is back on the Packers. I,
3: I I I if I had to guess right now, but again I don't know if I I don't think they're going to have another fourth down situation where they don't trust Rodgers again, and. I I do believe I, I can't anybody can't say what Aaron Rodgers is thinking. I mean I'm not gonna no, say that. No, no, no. But when it comes down to it, do you wanna start something new with a bunch of young wide receivers you're gonna to have to get on the same page with, or do you wanna stick with Devontae Adams? Do you wanna go was also in the
0: last year. Of do
3: the you deal. I understand that. But if you can Use your influence to run it all back. But why wouldn't, if they're going to, if the Green Bay Packers are going to tell Jordan Love, sorry, man, and turn him into Garoppolo of this equation, mm-hmm. all right, and stick with Aaron Rodgers, they're going to sign Devontae Adams. I mean, you don't stick with Rodgers, and Rodgers doesn't st- just stay put without forcing any situation to get out of there if, right. if Adams is not there.
0: Right, right, right. You
3: know, you're going to assign them both back. That's the way you're going to do it. So you want to stick with Adams. You want to stick with a spot that you know. You have to move. You also know exactly every, everything's set up the way you want it, presumably. Why go anywhere else? The coach knows you. You know the coach. If you don't have a problem with him, why would you? why would you – Go some try something new. I know you had a problem yesterday when um our our, our guest Chris uh, carter Chris Carter termed Belichick not wanting Brady anymore. Yeah, they D- say they Gave up on, gave up on Brady. It's not really what happened. Well, but... that's one way to term it. Another way to term it is they they tried to get him to stay, even though a lot of stuff happened with his contract prior to the season that
0: meant this
3: was over.
0: But you don't... and it, that I, I just don't like the phrasing. Like, you don't... After 20 years, you don't give up on someone. They just... Well,
3: you do give up on that someone if that someone says, I'm not ready to be given up on.
0: Well, Tom and wanted I, to keep playing and wanted correct. a big extension for 30-plus million a year, and Bill was like, no. It's a little different. But
3: the bottom line is... Do you want to stick with the guy for two more years or not? Because I'd proffer to say if Brady had stuck around, let's just give it up. There, Let's just say that's all good. They're going to be doing it again. Last year wouldn't have been as bad. And this year we'd be talking about a rap in the AFC. Right?
0: I just don't think it's fair to speculate because, you know, the reason why Tom ultimately left it's because the team wasn't any well, good, and it, there was nobody really around him. I so. don't. But we're spec. That's what we're
3: doing right now is speculating. Because if I'm in anywhere, shape or form, in the realm of speculate, right, the county of speculation, nothing is more up in the air than trying to guess what Aaron Rodgers is thinking. No, is better, and I totally
0: well. agree with you. I guess my whole point of how we started this conversation was Green Bay or the field for Rodgers next year. You're going to take Green Bay.
3: Yeah. Okay but i also don't know the way the season's gonna end because you the way think the that season is
0: a lot to... you think his mind is not made up right now
3: because and... the way the season ended last year don't you think that had a lot to do with the what happened afterwards
0: no i think it it still all goes back to the drafting of jordan love
3: maybe so but the way that it ended last year with brady getting the win in now, that spot no no yeah yeah brady the winning ended... the
0: super bowl it kind of that's what, what you said me that's what I'm that saying like, that's what I'm too. saying
3: like if we checked in with 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 the situation at this point last year even with the drafting of love and everything else and what I, I we still don't know what happened in this off season. I'm just saying that the next the the last two months of that season last year definitely factored into the two months that happened after the season was over
0: sure and it also trickled into other teams like the whole thing with Russell Wilson right so Who's more likely to be on their team next year, Russ or Aaron? Aaron. Got it.
3: That's a who's more likely for down the road. We just strolled into another what's more likely. Great segment. But that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I had to guess that right now. Okay. One's four and eight. The other one's got a chance to win the Super Bowl.
0: I don't think the records really matter. I think it does. We'll One's got a
3: chance to win the Super Bowl, and he's looking around. That's Devontae Adams. That's Randall Cobb. I asked for him to be here. Everything is set up the way I kind of like it. I like. I, I know my car could drive to the facility the way you know it has for the last 15 years. Same thing with Russell Wilson, but he's four and eight, man. He's four. And did you see that he said it was a non-story that uh, his contract now includes three teams that would yeah, actually so take him now. Yeah, how did out?
0: the teams actually get out there again? It's just like, does does Russ think that we're just all you know asleep at the wheel? I don't know. <laughs> and he's just like, "Oh no, no, that's Good question. I don't know where that came from. You're the one dictating the teams.
3: It's a non-story until it's going to be a major story, and probably right the, after the combine, the third week of uh, February. Yeah, going into the combine.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, man. Man, this thing's going to be lit, kids, for a very long time. A very long time. Eight four four two zero four. rich is the number to dial. I'm sorry, we, did we take up your, uh, your your grab bag time? Did we do such a thing like that? I, I don't think so. Okay, no. but let's let's get to it right here. Should we do it right here? Let's do it right here. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it right here. TJ's big-ass grab bag for uh, this Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Hit it, everybody.
2: Oh, right.
1: Go, for it. Go for it. Hit and it. And you,
2: you know, guys, I just want to remind you all, these grab bags, they're just like kind of my thoughts and my feelings on things, things that make sense to me and mean stuff to me, and that's why at the end I leave it up to you guys to okay. uh, to give me your thoughts. So. That being said, DJ Michael D. Hit it. Hit it, Mike. Hit the music. There you go, (laughs) TJ. Yes, indeed. Kaboom. (laughs) I guess who stepped in the room. TJ here. Now, let me talk to you guys about something. Yesterday, Brockman, we were watching the trailer for HBO's series about the Lakers winning time, right? It looks so good. It looks so good. good. It looks so amazing watching Magic and Jerry Buss and Kareem and how that Showtime Lakers came about. And it got me to thinking about... And Rich, you talked about this a while ago. Is it biopics or is it biopics? I think it's biopics. Biopics, okay. I don't know. And I kind of agree, biopics. So it got me to thinking, what biopics of famous people would I want to see? So I reached deep down into the big ass grab bag today, and I pulled out TJ's top five biopics that i want to see okay all right. Oh, I love it. all right all right now coming to number five you knew i had to throw a wrestler in here and um you know you probably think it would be rick flair or the rock but no going a little bit deeper than that we're talking about 235 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal this guy's story isn't well known but <laughs> yeah del tubo <laughs> his story's not well known but it should be you see back in the south in the 50s and 60s this wrestler played a huge part in desegregating wrestling events in the South, and his name was Sputnik Monroe. You might not know Sputnik Monroe, but I'm no. going to tell you a little bit about him. You see, Monroe was a heel. That's happening here. Yeah, Monroe was, well, you'll, you'll see what I'm saying. Monroe was a heel or a bad guy wrestler, right? But in reality, he was someone who recognized injustices, and he did something about it. Now, at that time, black wrestlers could only wrestle other black wrestlers, all right? Also, black fans in attendance could not sit in the lower levels of arenas. They could only sit up top in the upper levels in what they called the crow's crow's nest. Now, Sputnik Monroe didn't think that this was right. He didn't see black or white, he only saw green. And when he realized that his black fans could not get into these arenas, he kind of went to the promoters and said, look, if you don't let these people in, I'm out. He wouldn't stand for this segregation. And you know, he was a young man, he grew up in Kansas in his stepfather's bakery. And at the bakery, he hung around a lot of black workers. And that's kind of where he got his feelings and what kind of, you know, so what year was I mean, this? His thoughts. This year? is in the
3: fifties and the sixties. So that's why Sputnik, I imagine. That yeah, that because was, of of, of why the you're space thinking. race. Yes, yeah, someone, that a local
2: on. TV person, nicknamed him that. All right. So you know, in the Jim Crow era, he openly questioned the process of segregation. He didn't understand why skin color played a part in any social process.
3: Is this your way of also pitching Hollywood studios right now? Are well, you are be- you turning the big ass grab bag <laughs> into a big <laughs> ass pitch bag? It is that be- what's happening right now? the wait,
2: anyway, you know, I'm just right. saying, Sputnik Monroe is someone who, like, I. have done some research on and if you're interested do some research on him he played a big part in, you know desegregating wrestling shows and also in 1960 he was arrested in Memphis for drinking in a Negro cafe that's right he couldn't even associate with blacks back then he went to court he was the first white defendant who ever hired a black attorney pitched this case the judge still found him guilty for associating with blacks and he paid a $25 fine for that so Spuck Monroe is a name that's not well known but what he did meant a lot and it, like I said if it's something you're interested in you can go ahead and research a little bit about him and what he meant uh, coming to number four rock music always makes good movies right Mike we you know of course this band I've said before was one of my favorite. I don't know if they're the greatest band ever, but to me they were. They were big, they were fire, there was blood, there was costumes, there was makeup. It's yeah. kiss. Yeah. Let me kiss. wouldn't you want to see exactly how these we four going. kids from New York got together and what made them become the alien and, and the demon and the cat and the spaceman and how did, boots. How did Gene Simmons come up with space? Blowing fire and spitting
3: blood. I, I, I was a Kiss a Dude, I'm all in because Paul Stanley's real last name is Eisen. Yes, so exactly. I'm all <laughs> so, in to see so, how hey, that came Rich, about. Rich,
2: four members of your tribe becoming rock and roll legends. Yes, I, that's a movie I'd want to see. Yes, indeed. So I got Kiss coming in at number four. At number three, we got sports. All right, we're going sports at number three. Think about this. Sometimes you have child actors or child prodigies that are great when they're little, but as they grow up, they don't quite achieve the success that you thought they would they would as as a baby. But this kid showed up on the Mike Douglas show as a little kid, barely being taller than his golf club. And at that moment, people knew that something was special about this guy, Tiger Woods. Tell me you want to see Tiger Woods' life story. How his father, Earl, trained him. How he made his rise to, through Stanford College. How he became yeah, ulti- I maybe just, the greatest golfer of all time. No, and then his downfall, which is something that, you know, people want to see. But now it looks like Tiger's coming up again. Maybe we could end it with him and his son, Charlie, kind of like reclaiming that wood's name at the top of golf. And I feel like that would be a great okay. life story Yes, to watch and see. All right, coming in at number two, maybe one of the most famous women one of the most famous women that we have in this world right now. I want to know how this woman went from a daughter of an unwed teen mom in Mississippi Mm -hmm. to surviving various assaults and just had a lot of bad stuff happen in her life. But then she rose up to become Miss Black Mississippi, I believe. Then she became a local news star. And then she finally got a show with her own name on it. And then she became a legend. That's Oprah Winfrey i love to know oprah's real story just to see that on the big screen sal this woman made her ascent to the top she could play herself she could play herself okay and then coming in at number one i think uh, you guys are gonna like this one man this guy is a legend he's been gone for a while but we talk about him a lot on this show he was an entertainer he was a singer he was a ladies' man, and plus, he 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 kind of had his hand in some stuff that maybe might not have been in the up and up. We don't know, but that is the chairman. Old Blue Eyes. Tell me you wouldn't want to watch a, just an, a dope Frank Sinatra have biopic. We, have just they a, made one of those. I don't know. I can't remember ever seeing one. There's been stories, but Frank in the Rat Pack, stories, like that, and not the Rat Pack. solo. That, not from birth to who plays, yeah. Frank. That's exactly, that's Ooh. what I'm saying. Who oh, plays I him? I mean, I know who'd want to play him. But the Ronan Frank Sinatra <laughs> story would be incredible. <laughs> I'd be down to see that. And those are TJ's top five biopics that I want to see. And as always, on, looking forward to hearing who you guys want to see. <laughs> he looks
3: just like him. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Old Frank,
2: played <laughs> <by> Rich Eisen. <laughs> said Ronan Farrell.
0: Ronan Farrell. Love
3: I, Richard,
2: <laughs> I think Rich, I think you would really be into a... Uh, DiCaprio I, sing?
3: I, I would, uh, that'd be great. Okay, oh. so here, here's wait, wait, wait. my in terms of in terms of whether somebody would make it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would go with Kiss One. K- you go Ooh. with Kiss. kiss whether one? it would actually get made. Yes. Okay. Kiss One. Um, Oprah Two. Like you know, somebody might make something like that. She would have to have G- a hand yeah. in it oh yeah well she obviously right. you're not gonna yeah, make a joke well, about oprah without being that then, I, then <laughs> I would go frank exactly yeah frank those are frank unlikely and then here's how unlikely anybody would make tiger's story these days uh because you're talking like full warts and all right i mean that's i know what we, i know chris brockman would buy that's a cool. ticket so today beyond unlikely I would say it's more likely someone would make a movie about Sputnik Sp- Monroe before the Tiger biopic. Well the thing biopic. about Sputnik Monroe, there was a bio. No, it's there, an, something it's an, that was an, it's an interesting on, story. i never happen. heard of him. And yeah, there exactly. could be a lush sort of fifties scene and then obviously showing how, you know, ugly this the world was sometimes mm-hmm. and well, I don't think anybody's gonna I sit think there the thing about Tiger Tiger has got so much influence yeah, in this world there's no way too that.
0: is like I wouldn't be that into that because I've seen it all play out.
3: That's
2: true. As too. it
0: happened, We've, Tiger's been in our lives. That's true. The yeah. I whole mean, time.
2: That's true. But we also knew that at Titanic that the boat was gonna sink, and yet that <laughs> became the oh, highest God. grossing that's movie true. of all time. He's so go I mean, wait, you know, wait, wait, I'm just saying, a minute. The, just what ahead.
3: happens to the boat? The boat sinks. sinks. I haven't seen it. it. What's it? Yeah. Jack Sorry, dies. Forward. The
2: boat yeah. sinks. Whoa! So whoa! On the board, Jack. I I assume, wow. assume tape that you know what happened Brock in Titanic, <laughs> but if you don't, I just put it out. You there, haven't watched so. Titanic uh, at this point. Yeah, that's on you. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's not a me problem. That's you problem.
3: Legitimately, even talking about like <laughs> the spoiler alert. Is he putting like a legitimate time <laughs> I mean, frame seriously. spoiler alert I mean, argument sorry. on Titanic? Uh, I'm
0: sorry. Uh, 1912. So we're talking about a 109 year come, image, on, come on, man. Window?
3: Brockman,
2: give me one. Who? What person's life story would you want to see?
0: Oh my gosh! Uh, I got mine. I got one. I he, got it. I got rich.
3: One. Michael Smith, a brother from another, is joining us next. Let's be now. Let's be remotely on time for him. Uh, let's take a break. Michael Smith, what is going on with the Lakers, man? And what do we make of it? It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least.
0: This is the Rich Eisen Show.
3: 844204 Rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Michael Smith a Brother From Another, which uh follows our show every single day here on NBC Sports on on Peacock back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Michael?
1: Good. What's up, fellas? What's up? How y'all know? Hey, I, I guarantee Yes. Hey, it's going to be a great day.
3: I think it's I'm going to guarantee this is a great segment. You know? I'm with that. And then when it's not, I'll get all the questions. What happened?
1: <laughs> yeah, but if but if it's not like so what? Like, what's the downside of guarantee? Like this, this whole thing is hilarious to me. And not, and I, and not y'all commentary. I just mean the fact that it's like. First of all, it's not really a guarantee. Like, he said we're
3: going. Mike McCarthy said we're going to win the game great. in DC. That's great. what he said. We're
1: going is that to a guarantee, win. Guarantee though? Of course it's it just, is. We're watering down the definition of a guarantee. Like Joe Willie named it. Is like that's not a guarantee, guys. Because <laughs> <like> a guarantee <laughs> means that there's going to be some level of accountability if we don't. All he did was say the quiet part out loud. Like, you just said it, Rich. Of course he thinks we're going to win the game. Like, he just happened to say it, but that's what he should say. And I don't blame him. I blame the reaction. Like, Mike McCarthy saying we're going to win the game, that felt benign to me. That was, that was c- completely innocuous. Like, okay, fine. nothing. Okay, great, great. Glad you feel that way, Coach. That means absolutely nothing come this weekend. Does it, But though? then for it to be a whole story means, like, just kind of unnecessarily feeding, it, feeding into it. And Rob Rivera is like, okay, great. You want to clap back, but you're clapping back at something that wasn't really that deep to begin with. And do they even have bulletin boards anymore? Like bulletin board material. That's kind of like water cooler talk. Like we don't even do that anymore. We don't have bulletin boards. I don't know. It just felt like a, a whole bunch, much ado about nothing.
3: I don't know, Michael. If the Cowboys lose this weekend, you, you don't think you're going to hear from a bunch of Washington football team players saying, we heard that. We know about that. How, Do you re- how's that guaranteed? Absolutely.
1: So that was, Absolutely. And if any – And Michael – lose because he guaranteed it. And the no. Washington football team no. got extra fired up because the coach, quote-unquote, guaranteed it, because the coach yeah. said we're going to win. So the Washington football team got up. So, okay. So if you're the Washington football team, you've got to reach so deep for motivation against a division rival with your playoff lines, lines on the line that you have to step back and say that somebody's saying what you yourself believe – Somebody saying it out loud somehow offends you to the point of getting you motivated to play your arch lab.
3: Michael, if (laughs) uh, you are, you know, uh, I I think you you and uh, I might share similar qualities and sensibilities. If I said to you, okay, something similar, if somebody said something similar to me about my show, my performance, this thing that I have so much care and love for with a bunch of. Guys that I come to work with and ladies that I come to work with every single day and says uh, we're less than because they're going to guarantee that they're going to have a better show or something like that. I'm trying to give some sort of an analogy. Mm -hmm. Of course, my show is still going to be as good as it would have been in my estimation without that statement being made. But I will absolutely have a little bit of pep in my step and high step over how terrific the show is, you know what I mean? Like there is a certain competitive nature and if there's any figure in professional sports that knows the variables that goes into winning and how difficult it is to win and how to to make sure that winning has to be um, the most important thing and thus anything else that could potentially put a roadblock in front of it needs to be avoided. It's a head coach of a National Football League team. Certainly the right. Dallas Cowboys. I would agree. I was stunned. I was stunned that he said that. Okay,
1: and and that's what that's the part that I'll agree with. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Is the is what's the upside? What's the upshot of saying we're going to win? What do you get out of it? Okay, other than unnecessary quote unquote controversy. All right, but I also counter that by saying, well, what's the downside? It's kind of like going for it on fourth down and saying, well, I believed in my players. So it's like if you say we're going to win. and you don't win, is somebody really going to begrudge Mike McCarthy? As, okay, forget about the football team saying, yeah, we heard that and it fired us up. But is anybody in Dallas going to say, damn it, Mike McCarthy, why would you have to say that you thought you were going to win the game? Because don't you play to win the game? And in your analogy in terms of, like, the show thing. All right. If I said, and again, I'm just kidding here. You know that. <laughs> but if I said, yes. man, Rich Eisen is overrated. Rich yes. Eisen sucks. <laughs> he ain't interesting. Okay, that's so-called bulletin board material. But, like, it's not like you and I are competing, per se, because we just try to follow your show. So it's a little bit different when somebody that's going out and their job comes at the expense of somebody else's job. One team got to lose, one team got to win, ordinarily – there are ties in the NFL for those that are still uncertain about that. Yes. So, ordinarily, one team got to win, one team got to lose. But it's just, I just don't see why it, it was, it's, he should be criticized for saying something that they all are wired to believe to begin with. Michael. You know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like halftime speeches, man. It's like, we don't ever hear about the halftime speeches that don't work. You know, <laughs> when they lose, don't nobody talk about what they said at halftime or what they said Saturday night before the game. So, Mike McCarthy said his team was going to win. Okay, great. That's what we would, I would like to think you feel that way. And if the football team needs to manufacture motivation, great. Good for you. Ultimately, none of this going to matter once the ball gets kicked off. Yeah, we're not, cliche. So you're
3: saying we're, we're, we're not hearing what Mike Zimmer's halftime speech was last night, today? We're not going <laughs> to?
1: Right. I mean, did it matter? <laughs> I mean, Should I ask Dalvin Cook that one? Than he didn't even give a halftime speech for crying out loud.
3: Uh, Michael Smith here from Brother from Another on the Rich Eisen Show. You
1: don't suck, by the way. You're really good at it. No, that. no, I feel <laughs> the same way. I feel the same way. And I never believed that I. Was gonna- Whatever.
3: Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what what do you make of the Lakers, man? I mean, that that where it's not Christmas time yet. There's still much time to go. But I mean, now we've got. Uh, what is it now 26 27 games uh, or 25 games of of actual playing right right? this week games 25 through 27 and it's mediocre there's just no other way to put it it is average it is average basketball that we're seeing so what do you think
1: that actually might be generous at various points because I, I got all excited the other day. I, I promised that I would get off the roller coaster, and I got all excited about them beating the Celtics. I'm not a Lakers fan, by the way, for the record. But I got, you know, I, I started to think, oh, maybe this is the team we thought that they could be. Maybe they're rounding into form at both ends. Russell Westbrook has been playing better lately. They've been defending better lately. You know, maybe the team against the Celtics, albeit, or, you know, the Celtics aren't world beaters, and they, we're missing Jalen Brown. Maybe they're starting to find themselves a little bit, and they're going to lose to the Ja Morant list, although very competitive lately, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I, I, think they'll be, I think they'll end up somewhere between the finals favorite that they were mm. and this mediocre version that we're seeing now. I don't think that this is who they are, and I don't think they'll be worse before it's all said and done, barring injury, if that makes sense.
3: So we're, we're seeing the floor. What you're I think saying. this
1: is the floor. And, and maybe I'm being naive, but I do think this is the floor because even within the 20-something game sample size we now have, and you're right, it's still not Christmas, unofficial start of the season. Like, I think you have to parse that and say, well, how many games were they missing LeBron? How many games have they met, or the, all of them, you know, um, uh, they've been missing some key players, you know. Um, so, I. You know, I I wouldn't necessarily make any grand proclamations about them um, right now. Trevor Ariza, so I was trying to remember Trevor Ariza, Kendrick. Kendrick Gunn, no, whatever. that's
3: about it. Yeah, I mean that- their
1: rotation hasn't been complete, and not to mention it is it, it should be a work in progress integrating a Russell Westbrook into a team that has two players already through whom the offense should run in in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So work in progress to begin with, but when you don't all have your have all your tools at your disposal, a longer work in progress. Right now, if I'm a Lakers fan, I'm just going to sit back and look forward to and enjoy winning time. Because that trailer was fire. Yeah. <laughs> you, <you're nostalgic laughs> I mean. yep.
3: No, I know that's the problem is, you know, none of those guys are going to be walking through that door, but they do have an all time great in LeBron James who did seem to chafe a bit uh, last night when talking about all the different rotations that Vogel's going through just, you know, in search of the right one, that they're, you know, that he's playing with a bunch of guys that he's trying to figure things out because there's no set rotation. There's no real set uh, five in a way uh, outside of the four, you know, OGs in a way. Um, And right now the Lakers are, are, are... are putting themselves in position for another play-in game. You know? um, if that happens for a second straight year, that would be wild. What do you think about the Blazers? Do you think um, uh, Damian Lillard is going to wind up uh, elsewhere by next year, something? What do you think?
1: I, I don't believe so. Like I've, I, There are two stories this week that came up uh, for various reasons that I feel like we should strongly consider retiring. Hmm. One is the when will Tom Brady retire story? Mm-hmm. Okay. Two is when will Damian Lillard actually ask out? Now, that doesn't mean that it can't get so bad until he and whoever is the full time general manager and Jody Allen can't come to some kind of agreement about what's best for him and the organization mutually. But even though it kind of felt like he was headed in that direction in the off season with some of the things he said after the Nuggets loss. I don't think Damian Lillard, and we just got to accept this. Damian Lillard is not that dude that's going to say, man, you know what? This ain't going to work here. Y'all got to trade me to a contender. I'm going ring chasing." He's He's never been that dude. He's not that dude. And everybody else holding their, holding their breath thinking he's going to be that dude. Like this guy is 10 toes down professionally and personally in Portland. You know, for a variety of reasons, a lot of them off the court, like that's his home and that's where he wants to be. No matter how much we've come so far in the rings culture that not only are we okay with guys forming super teams or or chasing rings with contenders, but now when somebody doesn't do it, we look at them sideways like, yo, what's wrong with you, man? Get with the program. You're supposed to be going trying to get with the Lakers or the Nets or a former super team somewhere. Why are you what's taking you so long? I don't think he's going to do that. To me, the, it, it really comes down to does – and you and I have had this conversation a lot. We've all had this conversation quite a bit, fellas, is do we – does Darryl Morey blink? Because I think if, if, if I'm going to start shaking it up in Portland – I know he's going through a lot right now. He's got a baby on the way. He's got a collapsed lung. I think it starts with C.J. McCollum. I think they're too redundant and have been for a while in the backcourt. I think it starts with can Portland put together a deal that gets Ben Simmons to Portland and improves that defense. And if and when Damian Lillard decides and the organization collectively decides that he needs to move on somewhere else, whether it's we don't want to extend you or it's run its course and you want to go for a fresh start against his you know his reputation. Then at least you have Ben Simmons to build around. Does that make
3: sense? Sure does. Sixers are 14 and 12, so I don't know if that's desperate enough. But um, they're certainly not at the top of the pack like they were last year.
1: How would you? How would you solve it in Portland? Where, where, where would you start? I don't know, how man. No,
3: I know, I know the way my guy Chris Brockman would. Would just tell tell Lillard, uh, you're out. You know, Boom. and Blow send him like he's up, that he that he is easily the best uh, chip that you can cash in for. Multiple multiple picks to try and just restart. I just also, don't see like that.
1: Some, some, like take a look at the bad guy type thing. Like, okay, I'll, I'll do the uncomfortable thing, and I'm going to trade you, Damian Lewis. Like, pretty we're, much. We're, but we're,
3: I I think that's a non-starter in that town. They have a different same. fan base than most over in Portland. Um, you okay. know, and and that uh, I I think they want Lillard. I think Lillard wants them, and they're just going to try and figure it out. I don't know how you do because it is it is a very difficult puzzle certainly with a new coach there and billups and it's just not working it's terrible and mccollum it might be the uh the piece that you trade if you can and i hate to refer to him as such or the player that you trade um but he's hurt i don't know you got to play through it let 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 lillard come back sunday as you know the report is and See if that gets better. Can he just carry the team by himself?
1: Well, and he hasn't been playing well. I mean, no, no, not, well, he's let's, been let's hurt. I bury that. You know, he's been hurt and not playing well, so it's not as though, you know, this is this is the dame that we left in the playoffs last year. So no, he, and, he bears some responsibility in it as well. And,
3: and I've been definitely, you know, uh, talking about the Brady retirement story this week, not because I'm trying to drum anything up, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Uh, it's because uh, I saw a quote in a, in a piece in Sports Illustrated that yeah, I'd never, never heard out of. About. That I'd never heard, I'd never heard out of his mouth before. You know, which one? The one where he says that uh, that when when he called winning winning a relief. It's not Mm -hmm. like the joy; it's a relief because when you win, sometimes just winning isn't good enough for you because you expect perfection. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I hear from people that just you know suddenly decide it's just not worth it, which is something that I've never thought Mm. I would ascribe to him. You know, I never like the winningest, the guy who's won more. No one's ever going to win like Brady ever. Again, right. and I feel I feel very safe in saying that. You know, yeah, that, no that, that generations will come and go, uh, you know, knocking on wood on this planet and you know, where football can be played and <laughs> we'll never, never, ever see a winning like they, they could rename the trophy the Brady trophy one day yeah. and, and and people shouldn't bat an eyelash with all due respect to the Lombardi family, and he's calling it a relief. That what well, that kind of stood out to me.
1: Well Michael a couple of things. So that was the story I was talking about because he got Sports Person of the Year. Yeah. Um. And and that, that's what I was referring to. I was like, just the idea of when he's going to call it quits. So the regression comment jumped out to me because, uh, right? He's like, I don't want to get bad. Well, he's the best quarterback in the league right now, and he's about to be the MVP again. So does he regress to where he was? If he if conventional wisdom says he's playing as well, if not better than ever, at forty four. Right. Regression only looks like him being not old as in age Tom Brady, but old as in previous iteration of Tom Brady. From a physical standpoint, he's not going to get dumber per se. So from a physical standpoint, he's got enough mental acumen to be able to offset whatever arm strength he may lose, but his arm is as strong as ever. So that was the part that jumped out to me. But even in terms of the relief thing, I didn't read it as a negative. I read it as... People like Tom Brady are driven by that. Like it's almost like a it's like a burden that they enjoy bearing, if that makes sense. Right, like,
3: I know. But then the enjoyment finally wears off because the that's, that's 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 the whole point about it. Is that is that you know how it I works in, in leader this leader business, it's it. it's either it's either your choice to retire or father time's choice that you retire. And he doesn't want to be in the middle of a season where Father Time makes that choice for him. I don't so think he,
1: Father Time I think first of all. Talk about Father Time is holding the L. Like, that fight, I I was saying it yesterday. We can't keep talking about Father Time is undefeated. No, (laughs) Father Time has lost. And he doesn't just get to fight, you know, forever. Like, he's lost to Tom Brady. In the event that Tom Brady actually does decide to retire, that does not go in the ledger as a victory for Father Time. Because the fact that he's playing just at 44 counts as a win, that's number one. Number two, I think he's addicted to it. Maybe there's some sort of masochism involved. I don't know, but I think... (laughs) You know, and it's funny because we thought that the misery was, was, a, was a product of strictly Bill Belichick. They're more alike than maybe the yeah. conversation around his departure would lead us to believe. Like, oh, he was just so tired of, of being taken for granted and being in a miserable environment in New England. It's like, no, that's, that's how Brady's wired, too. So I think that misery is what keeps him going. If he ever started to feel a sense of joy about winning and listen i'm just i'm spitballing here because i don't know what it's like to be tom brady but i imagine if he ever started to feel a sense of joy about winning joy may come dangerously close to satisfaction you understand what i'm saying i do like i think i think the the and and most greats say this whether it's jordan whether it's brady a lot of great athletes and competitors say it's not i think pat riley especially it's not the winning it's the, you know, I, I feel better. The losses hurt more than the wins feel good. Right, exactly. That's... But I think that's what drives them, though. I think that's what makes them great. I don't think it's a negative. I don't think it's going to drive him to retirement. I think it's what drives him to keep playing is that, sorry, Lexus, but that relentless pursuit of perfection.
3: Michael Smith, everybody, from yes, Brotherhood. Yes, uh, thanks as always, Michael appreciate it let's do was this that again. A, was
1: that a great segment
3: i thought it was I'm uh sure? I, I i however in my in my own you know potential this is my insecurity it's my problem so this is an mp not a not a yp not a it's a my problem i feel like over the last couple times you've called in i've made you talk about uh topics you you find uh, less than you know i mean <laughs> no. you'd like to no like, you're, you want to retire these two topics and i brought them up to you and we chopped it up and then you know Uh, I mentioned something from another guy from another network who shares the same last name as you. You, You brought that up. That was a problem. I just want to make sure if you want to set the agenda next time, you just let me know. Let's talk some topics that you're like you're into.
1: So I appreciate it tried to do there, Rich. I see what you try to do there, Rich. I uh, love our topics. I love our chat. Right back at you. I hope you and your listeners do as well. Let, let them be the judge. I'll I, I put it on a poll or something. Was that a story? <laughs> okay, there you go. Very right good.
3: Right <laughs> have, have a great show later on. Thanks for the call, Michael. <laughs> All right, man. You'll yeah, be good. Michael Smith, everybody, no. brother from another uh, follows us on NBC Sports on Peacock. Let's beat it. So we come back. We got some higher registers. Let's go. We haven't done that. Wow. In a minute. Higher register. Yes. Yes. When we come back. Can we still do it? on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: This is the Rich Eisen Show. There's a chance. The Rich Eisen Show. I haven't heard this in a while. <laughs> there could be. Hire. Register. Take of the week.
3: Okay, very good. Caliendo doing <laughs> <a> chapters. <chance. laughs> He uh, all right, like- hit it. Uh, let's do Brockman, uh, TJ, and then uh, me. And then if we have time for oh, one well, more, yeah, you got yeah, Del yeah. well, Tufel. Well, yeah. You don't have one anymore. More? Okay, here you go. Do uh, we go. Have- Chris Brockman, you're first up okay. with your high register. Great. Go for it.
0: All right, I'm going to go with Cincinnati guys. Uh, they're hosting San Francisco. Now, I know uh, they're underdogs. I actually think that the Bengals are going to win this weekend and probably win the AFC North. Really? I, I'm just looking at the way everything shaked out. Last night kind of went in Cincinnati's favor. If the Browns end up beating the Ravens this weekend, the Ravens fall to 8 and 5. And if They've Cincinnati gets the Warriors, they be can sweep the Ravens. So I, I kind of think Cincinnati wins the division.
3: Okay. There you go. You need to be convinced of it. Whatever you have over there, TJ Jefferson.
2: All right, Rich and Chris and Mike, you know, this team last year, I was very highly invested in them for fantasy football purposes. Don't have as many of their players this year, but I'm still keeping an eye on them. And, you know, they started off 0-3. Things did not look well, a new quarterback and such. But, you know, we've gotten a little look into them and their inner workings a little bit through hard knocks. And I think I'm back on the train. And I, I think after an 0-3 start, uh, I'm pretty sure the Colts are going to win the AFC South. But, oh. But, uh,
0: AFC
3: South. The AFC South. Wow. That would be something else. They're seven and six, and the Titans have swept them already. Mm. But losing Derrick Henry is so big. I know. Can
2: you overcome that? I don't know. I don't know.
3: They're going to have to be A.J.
2: Brown and then Julio aren't exactly
3: killing it. They're going to have to be three better than the Titans the rest of the week. That's a very higher register. And plus, they have the
2: Patriots coming up. Okay.
3: So, so as you know, uh, prior to the regular season, we all made predictions on who wins. What division, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so I, going into the season, believed in Fitz Magic, and why not? Why don't you believe <laughs> yeah, well, in oh, Fitz Magic, right? <laughs> did not see a hip injury in week one that would knock Fitz Magic out. Dou- who douses Fitz Magic? Who no one. the injury gods do? No okay, usually Fitz Magic comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it doesn't get snuffed out of nowhere, and then everybody thought, okay can the Washington football team start hitting people with the Heineke? And it took a while, but now they are. Mm-hmm. And I said going into the season, the Washington football team was <laughs> going to win the NFC East. And now they have won many in a row. Oh, They're now six and six. Mike McCarthy's guaranteed a win in FedEx field this Sunday. I think the Washington football team wins that one. And maybe just maybe they make my preseason prediction of winning the <laughs> NFC East correct after all.
0: <laughs> I win money.
3: On maybe that. they just go ahead and do it a- <laughs> because they'd be one game behind Dallas and then they win in Dallas in a couple weeks. They got the tiebreak on him. Maybe just maybe. Dallas comes and visits the Washington football team to play him for a third time in the first week of the wild
0: card. Settle down just a little bit. Thank you, Mike. Jerry, I what? I think they win this weekend,
3: too. Oh. What You know, I mean, Ron Rivera says uh, he told his team I, that it, what McCarthy said was interesting but not important. What's important is your preparation, but it's right. interesting.
0: But it's interesting. Uh,
2: we're no. going to beat the Washington football team like they stole something from us on Sunday. Right. I guarantee oh, it. Oh boy, Sunday's going to be fun.
3: Said it. And then Monday might be particularly fun. I might not hey, come to work on Monday. a chunk out of the pie. That's my higher register. <laughs> if something goes bad, you know bad, what would sunny- have been higher register yesterday at this time? Maybe Dalvin Cook starts and runs for 200 <laughs> yards on this Thursday
0: night anyway. That would have been so high a register. Like only your dog would have heard. And then it, it happened. <laughs>
3: He's coming up next, and so is Clancy.